Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Let's get to today's message. You just enjoy service today. So we are in this series called Pre-Decide, and uh, this is week four uh, that we've been talking about this, uh, this particular subject. But I, I just have a question for you. You ever feel disappointed about how your life is going? You ever feel like, you know what, by this time I should have had more money in the bank, stronger relationships. I feel like at this point I would look different, be different, I would feel better, my marriage would be better, that my kids would be doing well and would be superstars. Like, I just feel like I'm missing something. Or maybe there's some of those of you that got to places where you felt like you were supposed to be, like, this is, I've arrived, and once you arrived in that place, the goals that you set for yourself, you get to that spot, and you accomplish everything you ever wanted, and you still feel empty? Anybody ever been there before, experienced that before? When I get this amount of money, I'll feel safe. And then you get that kind of money in the bank, and you still don't feel safe. And so it's like the bar is ever moving. Like, that is how things go. And what happens is we become aware that, that hey, we thought we were going to arrive, and we haven't, and life is still just passing us by. We might begin to wonder, is this all there really is, or is there something more? Say, wow, Aaron, ominous opening, bro. Yeah. There's good news, though. There is good news. There is something more, and I'm going to tell you about it here in a moment. Let me just review where we've been here in this series called Predecide. What we've been doing is talking about the power of our decisions, the power of our decisions, that that the direction of our life is determined by the quality of our decisions, that we make our decisions, and ultimately what happens is our decisions make us. The problem that we discovered and talked about in the first messages is that a lot of us are not really good decision makers, are we? Especially when we try to make the decision in the moment. We make those decisions in the moment, our feelings and our emotions tend to get in the way. So the last few weeks, we've been determining some decisions that we are going to make in advance. And what we're doing is we're presiding them now about how we're going to act then. And here's what the, what the, the, the script has kind of looked like. It's that Nope, not that one. Uh, when faced with. There we go. When faced with blank. So when I'm faced with this situation, I have predecided this. That instead of waiting until the heat of the moment, instead of waiting until we get there and we see how we feel about it, we're removing the emotions, we're removing the feelings of the moment up front by predeciding now that this is how I'm going to respond. Because remember, we know this, that choices need to lead and our feelings will follow because our feelings are fickle. We can't trust our feelings, right? So we need to make some decisions in advance. We're saying when I'm faced with whatever this situation looks like, I have pre-decided that I'm going to take this action. Now we can throw that graphic up there. And so we've, we've got some commitments that we've been making uh, and we even passed out a sticker. I've been told we are out of stickers. So I apologize uh, but uh, the, the, this, this graphic here represents the, the decisions that we are making, that we are committing to. First week, we talked about being uh, committed to, I am ready. I am ready because we understand that the enemy is on the prowl. The air, air is an enemy and he hates your life. His role is to steal, kill, and destroy. And because we know there is an enemy, we are going to be ready. Everybody say, I'm ready. 
Last week we talked about consistency, the, the power of being consistent. The thing that is, that is different between us and a lot of successful people is that they are consistent at what they do, whereas in our lives, oftentimes we only do things inconsistently, and that's really actually the only thing we're consistent about, is being inconsistent, right? And so we talked about that last week, but we determined that, if, that, that as Christians, as Christ followers, it's so important for us to be consistent. Everybody say, I am consistent. Today's talk is we're going to be talking about being devoted. Everybody say, I am devoted. Next week, we're going to talk about the gift of generosity. Everybody say, I am generous. We're going to talk about being faithful and being faithful always. Say, I am faithful. And last but not least, of course, I am a finisher. Say, I am a finisher. And uh, those last two messages, I'm excited. Pastor Tim Tool and Pastor Kyle Smith are going to wrap up this series for us. And uh, I'm very excited to have you hear from them. But, but today, today, like I said, we're going to talk about being devoted. And we're going to talk about being devoted in all that we do. Not just on good days. We're going to talk about being devoted on the hard days, too. Being devoted in the difficult moments. You say, Aaron, being devoted to what? Well, I'm talking about being devoted to, to Christ. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33, he talked about the importance of this level of devotion. He said, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Seek first. Everybody say first. first. It's not last. It's not. It's not with what you've got left over. It's not, well, when you feel like it, he said, seek first. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things, all the stuff that you're worried about, all the stuff that you want to accomplish in your life, everything you want to do in your career, seek God first, and, and all this stuff will be added unto you. Like all, all of it will be given to you as well. Seek first. Now, let me break it down for you because this verse might, might not be very clear, and I think clarity is important when we're talking about Scripture. Seek first the kingdom. What is the kingdom? The kingdom means that there is a king. And the king has a way of doing things, right? So if you're seeking God's kingdom, it means you're seeking his way of doing things, okay? And God has a way of doing things. In fact, he gave us a book. It's called the Bible. It tells us his way of doing things from the beginning of that book all the way to the end of it. We have no excuse for not knowing God's way of doing things. It is readily available to us, and a lot of times, it's readily available for free. In fact, if you need a Bible today, you can stop by the Connect Center and pick one up for free. If you have a smartphone, you can download the Version or Bible app, and it is also free. We have no, no excuse here, guys. We can know God's way of doing things, which, by the way, God's way of doing things is also found in the life of Jesus. Then he says, seek first his righteousness. Well, what is righteousness? Well, it's right living. It's being made right. Well, where do we find that? Once again, we find that in Christ because of what Jesus did, the price that he paid for us. We are made right. There's nothing you and I could do to make ourselves right with God. All of us are sinners. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. And every single one of us, if we were to pay for our sins on our own, it means we would pay for them in eternity in separation from God because we cannot pay them on our own. But Jesus can, and Jesus did. And so we have to attend to God's way of doing things, and then we need to get on board with, hey, this is how you are made right. It's not about religion. It's about being in relationship with his son. That's what it's all about. 
And we have to be devoted to these things, to seek first what God has for us. And then all that other stuff that we're searching for, it comes along. But the biggest thing given, the biggest thing, when we begin to seek God first, what you're going to find is fulfillment. Mm. See, when you seek first his kingdom, when you seek first his righteousness, what you're going to find is that he has a plan and a purpose for your life that will lead you to a place where you begin to make a difference in somebody else's life. And this is something that, that sociologists call transcendence. It's a way we live our life that is beyond us. We are living our lives to make a difference in other people's lives. And the people that live their lives to make a difference in other people's lives are the ones that sleep the best at night because they're the ones living the most fulfilled lives. We must be devoted to these things. You say, well, Aaron, I don't know how to do that. Let me tell you, your first step is to follow Jesus. The second step, if you're coming to this church and you want to know what your life is all about and how God's wired you to make a difference, is to go to Growth Track. Growth Track happens the first, second, third, and fourth Sunday of the month, directly after our services, right here in this corner of the room. It says Growth Track, big sign, can't miss it. Right at, about 10 minutes after service, they will meet you there. They'll walk you through how God has wired you. Give me four Sundays, four Sundays. And I promise you, you'll get connected with how God has wired you to make a difference in this world. You begin to understand your purpose as to why you're here. But that was just a little ad for that. <laughs> Seek God's ways first and his path toward right living. Then you'll find true fulfillment. So we say, you know, well, I'll seek first the one who matters most. I am devoted to Jesus. So what does it mean to be devoted to Jesus? What does that mean? After Jesus was, was raised from the dead and went back to heaven, what did that mean to them? When Jesus was no longer walking here on earth, and when he wasn't a physical person that they could attach them to at the hip and walk around and watch him and help him do everything that he was doing, what did that mean to his disciples? How did they live their lives? What did they devote their lives to? Well, I'm glad you asked that question, sir, ma'am. Acts 2 Verse 42 and 43, it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, that's the 12, the 12 disciples, and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread. Hey, that's grow groups, by the way. That's, a, that's an example of a grow group. They just had small groups that met from house to house. They fellowship together. That's what our grow groups do. Get in a grow group. And to prayer. Hey, we do prayer here every Saturday, and come the new year, we're going to do prayer here every Sunday morning at 9 a.m., make it a little easier for everybody to be part of that. Isn't that cool? Yeah. You can be devoted to prayer, too. All right, that went over really, really great. It's awesome. <laughs> so they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And everyone, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. See, they sought first God's kingdom and his righteousness, and it, he, it gave them power to make a difference in such a way that everybody was like, whoa, like miraculous power to make a difference in people's lives. And, 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 and it made them stop and pay attention. They were the, the, the disciples of that day, the Christians of that day, the first church, they were Devoted. 
They're devoted to God through his word and to each other in prayer. And that word in the Greek uh, that is translated, devoted as proskartorontes, proskartorontes, it's a fun word to say, that one, hard word. As it appears in the text, it's in the imperfect tense, which means that, that we're not talking about like a one-time devotion, right? It's easy to be devoted once. I'm here today. I'll give you this. I'm, I'm committed to today in this moment. But they weren't, they weren't devoted to the moment. They were devoted for life. This, this kind of commitment is, is ongoing. It was continual. They were devoted continually to Jesus. The disciples had a single-minded, ongoing pursuit of Jesus. Now, Reimagine that verse. Throw that verse back up here for me. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Reimagine this verse in today's culture. Because today what we have is what we call cultural Christians, right? That, that they, they come to church and they would identify themselves as a Christian, but nobody really knows that they're a Christian. It's not really reflected in their life. They don't talk about Jesus. They, don't, they, they come to church, you know, just enough to say that Simple Church is their home church or wherever they go to church. You know, you know what I'm talking about. And I'm not shaming anybody. I'm just saying this is just how it is today. This is just how it is. We're not very devoted. We kind of believe, but it's not really reflected in our lives and nobody really knows. We're kind of like Christians incognito. You know what I'm saying? We took our light and hid it under a bushel. Nope. For my Sunday school kids. I would say... That if we were to read this verse, looking through the cultural lens of today, that I would say that if this verse was talking about Christians today, uh, it, would, it would appear a little different. We have the modern Christian version uh, that is not a real version at all, by the way, uh, so don't look it up. But I think the verse would read this way. They devoted themselves to themselves. Yeah. Churches become clubhouses, not hospitals for the sick. Church becomes its four walls instead of the people that are on mission, reaching people that are far from God. They devoted themselves to themselves, and they continually and passionately, ooh, those are good words, pursued a self-centered life of comfort and ease. I like comfort. Anybody else? Ooh, yes. I want comfy, I want comfy shoes. I want comfy seats for you all. That's why we went for the expanded versions. <laughs> oh, no, see, you don't understand. We started a church in a funeral home, and only half of my cheek would sit on one of those seats. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Come on, somebody. I just got a wave, and somebody, somebody had a spiritual moment back there. there was, oh, yes, I remember those days. And, and you, were, you were sometimes sitting on your neighbor's seat, and they were just sitting on the floor. <laughs> These are true stories. I can't make any of this up. But I want comfy seats. I want a comfortable bed. I want a comfortable chair. I want to drive in a comfortable car. You know what I'm saying? That's why I like my truck because it's just a big open space and I don't feel like I'm, I don't fit because I fit just fine. It's comfy. I want my clothes loose. <laughs> but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about sitting and feeling comfort physically. I'm talking about they wanted a, a lifestyle that, that didn't involve any confrontation, a lifestyle that didn't involve hanging on to some truth. We're talking about the, the salad bar Christians, you know, the ones that pick and choose what they want from the scriptures, but the rest of it that's inconvenient we push away from. Yeah. 
The Christians of the Bible didn't look this way. It's not the example we have to follow. The example we had to follow is they, they, were, they, were, they were devoted to three things. They were devoted to God's word, to each other, gathering together, prayer. The cultural Christians, I'm not, I'm not being down on anybody because they're great people. But cultural Christians are just like us. They want to be liked. They want to fit in. They want to be comfortable. They want to be popular. They want to be TikTok famous. Come on, somebody. They want to finish school. They want to have a job that they love. They want to marry a hottie. They want to have a nice house and 2.5 kids. You know, they, they, they want to travel when the kids are all grown, and they want to raise them successfully to be, be, be you know, humans that contribute to the world and have a nice life. And, and then eventually, you know, after we've traveled and seen it all, we all want to go to heaven. You know, it's like cultural Christians want some of the same things that we want, right? They want the exact same thing. You say, well, that's not me. Well, I hope not. I would hope that that's, that, that that's not you, that you're not a cultural Christian. But I want to give you a little bit of an illustration for perspective. And let's see if it's you or not, okay? Let's see if it's you. Y'all ready for me to get in your business? All right. Can I have that, those, those bins right there? Hand those to, I'll just, I'll come get them. It's okay. Now, <clears throat> we think about your life, you think about a week of your life. You've only got so many hours. Anybody know how many hours you have in a week of your life? I've already, not enough, I heard. <laughs> not enough. The answer is you have 168 hours in your week. And uh, so 168 hours, and I've done the math here to, to, to divide them up. I've got a bunch of suckers in here, okay? And each sucker represents an hour of your week, okay? So you're like, suckers, I'm in. Let me, let me, let me has the suckers. Um, but I've already divided them up. So think about how much, how much of your week that gets devoted to different things. The first, the first part of your week, uh, a third of it goes to sleeping. Anybody like to sleep here? Oh, yes, God bless you. I, sleeping is a good thing. And so uh, this is a third of the suckers. I'm, you can pass them around here and just... Just spread them out. But that's a third of your... Ooh, sorry, sorry. Everybody at home on the podcast or watching live just went, ah, wearing the headphones. Uh, that, that's a third of your week sleeping. Another third of your week is going to work. Or maybe you're participating in school. And so I've got another, another grouping of suckers here that represents a third of your week. Here, this is the best illustration ever. Pass these around so you have one going to get you all, all candied up and sugared up. And that leaves the last third of your life. So the first third is sleeping. Second third is going to work or going to school. But then we, that leaves us with 56 hours if you're doing the math. And statistics say, statistics say that 17 hours a week, if you are somebody that's on social media, that's 17 hours a week. Get spent on social media. Can you believe that? 17 hours. That, that's a whole lot of wasted time, if you ask me. See, I'm, I'm kind of on this kick. I used to play nice with social media, but I'm telling you, I'm looking for something real, and I would challenge you to do the same thing. Challenging you. Whatever that looks like, I'm challenging you. 
Look for the real. And then that leaves you 39 hours. And 39 hours left, well, we'll just call that all the stuff that you've got left in your life. That's the, you know, the commute from work. That's going to Chipotle. <laughs> That's doing all your chores. We've got Chipotle. Oh, going to the gym. Not putting any of those in there. Um, <laughs> driving your kids all the places. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Everywhere. And while you're driving your kids and you're out, might as well go to Chipotle. <laughs> Got lawn care, oil changes. It's just the stuff, Chipotle. I don't know if I mentioned that or not. There's shopping, grocery shopping, clothes shopping, because you've been to Chipotle too many times. And then there's just the rest of that is probably Chipotle, if I had to guess. I don't just... Now, if you're, if you're following with me, if you've done the math... Oh, and here, this is for you to pass around there, John. You're welcome, center group. If you're doing the math, if you're following me, after all that is spent, all... Your hours are spent. That's 167 of your 168 hours. That leaves you one hour left. And this one hour, unfortunately and sadly, is typically the hour that we leave for God. It's the hour that, that you know, some of us give a little more to God. Some of us give a little less. But I don't know how to give less than a lollipop except to bite it like Mr. Al does. One, two, three. I had to complete it for some of you. Some of you needed me to, some of, let's be honest, some of you needed me to do that. You needed me to do that. But we give less than, than, than the hour, and we still call ourselves Christians, right? Now, the obvious thing is, is that you're not going to be really great at anything that you only give an hour a week to, Right? What you give an hour a week to is not going to grow. It's not going to flourish. It's not even going to be like the best part of your week, I would say. I wouldn't even say that it's, it's anything that, that maybe, maybe you look forward to it, but it's not um, the strongest part of your week. I don't know how it could be. I don't know how it could be. I don't know how we could expect to do anything for an hour, like exercise an hour a week and have our health improve significantly. I don't know that that would work. Uh, I don't know that we could just spend an hour with your spouse and expect to have like a strong marriage. Uh, I don't know if you could study one hour a week and still expect to pass all of your classes. Like I just, I just, I think you'd be lucky to graduate if you did that, right? Like we, the things that matter, the things that, that we're really working towards, the things that we want to grow and the things that we want to flourish, we give time and attention to them. But we're, if we are only partially devoted to God... We only spend time with God when things are easy. You know, we only spend time with him when it's convenient. Um, then, then I don't think anything in our life is really going to improve in the way that God's word promises that it can. I, I don't think that we're going to see that. And, and if you're only spending a, an hour a week with God, no wonder we fall back into the same sin over and over again, right? No wonder we feel weak. No wonder we rarely share our faith. No wonder... We care more about what people think than what Jesus thinks. No, no, no wonder you find your Christianity boring because Christianity is anything but boring. If it's boring to you, 
I would say you're probably not doing it right. Because there is a full and fulfilled life to experience when you're walking with Jesus. If you're only giving one hour, and that one hour is the leftover hour, the question is, are you really devoted to God? Or are you devoted to yourself? So if we want to live with a full devotion to Jesus, I'm going to tell you, that's never going to happen accidentally. It's never going to happen accidentally. You're never going to accidentally serve on a dream team and, and make a difference in people's lives. You're never going to accidentally take a step of faith like my friend Tracy did. I love telling this story about Tracy. Tracy joined our, our Connect team. And one of the, the responsibilities of somebody on the Connect team is that when you meet somebody and they're sharing any issues in their life is to take an opportunity to pray with somebody. And she said, I've never prayed with anybody. And her, her, her uh, uh, director, Ryan, he said, well, let's, let's fix that right now. He said, this is how we pray. And he taught her how to pray. And you know what she did that day? She took a step and she prayed with somebody. Now every week, every time I see Tracy, she's praying with people. She goes out on Meals on Wheels. That's not a church service, by the way. It's not anything to do with us. That's just something she does. She says, she, Pastor Aaron, she said, I took those Bibles you gave me. I'm giving out Bibles and I'm praying with people. You don't, you don't arrive there accidentally. You arrive there because it's important to you, because you're devoted. You're devoted to Christ, and you're devoted to taking some steps. You don't overnight develop a heart for missions and decide, I'm going to Honduras with us in 2023. That's, that, that doesn't happen. You don't suddenly know all the Bible. Like This isn't the matrix where you get plugged into a little thing, and you're like, I know Kung Fu. <laughs> I don't even know if those are the right hand motions. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? This is, not, it's not, this is not a computer upload thing. It takes time. It takes daily commitment to it, to look into God's word, to know what it says for you and about you. You got to pre-decide, guys. We have to pre-decide that we're going to live with an ongoing, single-minded devotion to Christ. How? You say, what does that devotion look like? Well, I'll tell you what it looks like. In John 15, Jesus is teaching and uh, he actually, uh, he must have been standing near a vineyard because Jesus was known for using illustrations that were common to the people. Now, I have to be honest with you. I spent hours, hours trying to understand this verse this week. I'm not even kidding. Looking it up, trying to understand it because I can't relate to the idea of a vineyard. Like I'm, I'm not a, um, a, a botanist. Nope, that's not right, is it? Yeah, no, the plants. I don't, I don't have a green thumb, and I don't hang out with plants a lot. I have friends that do, but like understanding this reference, everybody that Jesus was talking to, they would have understood it. And so I really tried to understand it, and so leave it to Jesus to just kind of look around him and go, hey, you all understand that, but this is what he says. Listen careful. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. The vine and the branches are intertwined here, but the vine is the one that has the leaves on it, the vine is the one that's connected to the root system that draws water and nutrients from the, from the source, or the, or from the ground. And it has the leaves that gather light from the sun and produce the photosynthesis. I say that right, Carrie? That's good stuff, right? Yes, thank you for that confirmation. <laughs> I, I remember life sciences growing up a little bit. And, and so the vine has, and the vine is the one that produces fruit, the branch. It doesn't do anything, really. The vines hang around it. And Jesus says, I'm the vine. He says, I'm the one that's got all the life here, guys. You're the branches. He says, if you remain in me 
and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. Basically, you branches hang around with me and let me intertwine, get wrapped all around you, and you'll get credit for what I'm doing. Oh, it's good. And he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus is the vine. You are the branch. Jesus is the vine. You are the branch. When you're connected with Jesus, he said, you'll bear much fruit. He said, what kind of fruit? Am I a banana tree? What does that mean, Aaron? Well, glad you ask, ma'am and sir. In Galatians 5, it tells us that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Man, that's some good stuff. And when you start seeing that produced in your life, you understand, I am remaining connected to Jesus. That this is happening because of his work, the Spirit's work in my life. And if you were experiencing fruit like that, is there any way that you could say that I'm not experiencing a full and fulfilled life? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. No. You wouldn't, your life wouldn't feel empty at all. Maybe your life used to feel empty, but when you're connected to the vine, you begin producing fruit, your life starts to be full of what matters most and what lasts. Now, there's one word that appears in John 15 11 times, and I'm going to jump back one verse because this is Jesus talking again. Instead of John 15, 5, we're going to go back to John 15, 4, and there's this one word that appears 11 times. Let's see if you can recognize it here. Uh, And he says this just before he gives this vine branch illustration. He says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Anybody kind of seeing a pattern there of what word is getting repeated over and over again? If you know it, shout it out. Yeah, it's remain. It's remain. And this Greek word, which is an easier word to say, it's meno, means to abide. It means to set up your tent, to dwell there, to live there. Jesus said, hey, pitch your tent in my camp. Stay with me. Walk with me. Wherever I go, let's go together. Be with me. Remain in me. That means we have to do that with intention and pre-decide, this is who I'm going to follow. This is what I'm going to do no matter what. I'm going to be devoted to following Jesus. And this isn't just this, this kind of thing that they're talking about, this live in, this dwell, this abide, to remain. This is not an, an hour a week only commitment. This is not this, this hour devoted to God when there's time left over thing. This is us being fully devoted, all in, devoted to the one who matters most. Now, I'll state the obvious here. You know this already. The branch needs the vine. But if you don't stay connected to the vine, what happens here is that the limb, oftentimes, those that are tending to the garden, if there's no vine, if there's no fruit on it, the limb is just drawing energy from the vine, and there's no fruit on it. And what happens is they prune it. They cut it off. Now, you and I have the choice as to whether or not we're going to remain in the vine. We must choose to remain in the vine so that we produce fruit. And so we have to predetermine, I will seek first, that I am devoted. Because if we're not connected, we won't get the nutrients, we won't bear fruit, and 
what happens to a, a branch that is not bearing fruit, that is not getting the nutrients? Well, it breaks easier. Jesus is the vine. You are the branch. So be the branch. Be the one who needs, the one who seeks, and the one who connects with the one who is Jesus. Pre-decide today. I am devoted to Jesus and pre-decided every morning. I will seek the one who matters the most. Now, here's a practical game plan on how you can live that out, how you can live out the seek first and then all the other stuff that will get added to you, okay? We're going to pre-decide three things. I'm going to give them to you all at once. This is really simple. Are you ready? Here it is. Pre-decide a time. Pre-decide a place. And pre-decide a plan. Pre-decide a time you're going to meet with Jesus. Pre-decide a place and pre-decide a plan. Have a time with God where you're going to go from I hope to have time with God to I spent time with God. We pre-decide in advance, then you'll make sure that you have that time. If you set it aside every single day, say this is my time with Jesus. I had to do that with my, my wife at one point in time. She was working late night shifts, and when she would get off work at 6 in the morning and head home, she'd call me when she was headed home. Well, that was my time to spend with Jesus, and she'd call me every morning. One morning, I said, babe, I said, do you like me better when I've spent time with Jesus or not? And she said, oh, no, definitely like you when you spent time with Jesus. I said, this is my time with Jesus. you got to stop calling me. <laughs> Text me, let me know you're coming home. That's good. I love that. But you've got to stop calling me, telling me about your night. This is my time to spend with Jesus before I get the kids up and get them ready. Be committed to a time. Determine it. It's important. In your, in your marriage relationship, it's just as important too. You want to have time with your spouse. That's not going to happen accidentally unless you predetermine some time. Don't wait for the leftovers. Don't wait and see what time is left over for each other. Don't do that. Schedule time for each other that week. Predecide. We're going to spend some time together. I have friends that committed every Friday night to a date night. I love that. Every Friday night. We're not getting off of a Friday night. Friday night's date night. Nothing. Nothing's moving that night. That is a commitment. Have time for each other. Have time for vacation. Time for bed. Now, that bedtime doesn't necessarily have to be like, you know, the same, night, same time every night. It's just that when it's time for bed, you both go to bed. That's how it is at my house. There's time for romance. There's time for serving one another. Pre-decide a time. I'm not, I was using my marriage as, a, as a, 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 an example, but, but do the same thing in your relationship with God. Pre-decide a time. For some of you, that might be before your kids get up in the morning, or maybe that's while you're grabbing your coffee, or maybe it's before gym time, or maybe some of you, I used to run on the, run on the treadmill and, uh, and talk to God. I was mainly asking him to help me catch my next breath, but I was, and to anybody near me, it probably sounded like I was talking in tongues because of just, just, oh, <laughs> Some of you can use that time to talk to God, and that's fine. I don't think that, that'd be your best time to give to him, but, but pick a time. Make sure, and, and I would challenge you to make sure that it's first. We honor God when we make him first, guys. We give him the first part of our week, give him the first part of our day. Do it, do it first. Have a time. Pre-decide a time. And then... Decide a place. You know, for me, we, we just recently moved. I used to have a study at the old house. We just recently moved, and it was just a whole bunch of shifting around the house to try to figure out. I've landed my place. It's in the sunroom because the dogs are allowed on the couch in the sunroom, and I want a puppy to cuddle me. I want a coffee on my table next to me, and I want my Bible and, and Jesus. And, that, and I got my space. I got my place. 
my Bible and my journal sit there, and I'm ready to go. I'm ready to hear from the Lord, and that, that, that's my happy place. And nobody comes out to the sunroom while I'm in that space. We, we just, we just, it, it's a place. And for you, you can determine, you could have like a chair. Maybe, maybe for you, it's, it's your porch that's your place to go to. Some of you might, might uh, like to talk to God on your commute, on your way to work. Your car is your sacred space. One time, for like a, for a, a season, I literally used my closet. Jesus talked about a prayer closet, and I went into my closet, and I, and I went in there for like a sensory deprivation kind of thing. No lights on, no phone, just me and the dark and Jesus. And I'm just telling you, I had, I had some of the greatest time just, just sitting on the floor in my closet talking to Jesus. Just find a place. Find a place that's good to you. So pre-decide a time, pre-decide a place, and then pre-decide a plan. What are you going to do during that time? Some of you like to have a prayer list, people that you're praying for. I have a deck of cards, and on the back of each one of the cards, I've got the things that I'm, that I'm praying for, and I kind of shuffle through them, and I pray. That, that's what works for my ADD brain, okay? But what works for you? What do you like to do? Do you want to list, do you, do you have like a Bible plan that you're following that tells you what to read every day? Is it just a time for worship? Do you turn on some worship music, or you listen to a podcast, you journal, like find a plan. So pre-decide a time. Predecide a place and predecide a plan. Listen, you got 168 hours this week. Let's be a people that do not give God our leftovers. Let's be people who predecide in advance. I'm going to have a time. I'm going to have a place. And I'm going to have a plan. And I'm going to do that first. I'm going to give it to Him first every single day. I'm going to honor God with my life. And here's the thing. This is not just to be a one kind of one, one, well, one moment in your day. You can talk to God throughout your day, especially if he speaks something to you. David talks about meditating on God's word. What God speaks to you in your private times are things that you can continue to meditate on, think about, pray through throughout the rest of the day. Talking to God as if he is your friend that is walking with you because he is. He's literally placed his spirit on the inside of you to be a companion to walk with you. You can talk to God all day long, not just your morning Devo. Talk to God through prayer. Listen to God through his word. And ultimately, during those times, we're aligning our hearts with what lasts. We seek Jesus first. Something happens within us. He changes our hearts. He gives us the right desires. We hear from him. He directs our steps. He speaks to us. He gives us wisdom. He guides us and directs us. It's a beautiful thing. Let's not be people that gives God what's left over. Let's not let God just be part of our life. Instead, let's let God be our life. God is your life. That's what we want. That's what it looks like. When we predecide, I am devoted. God is your life. He's your life. Seeking Jesus first will impact every single area of your life. It'll impact your, you at work. It'll impact your decisions. It'll impact your financial planning. It'll impact your parenting. It'll impact your marriages and your relationships. It will impact every area of your life. Talking to God, listening to him, aligning your heart with what matters most and what lasts. 
we could be a people who predecide because of what Jesus has done and who he is, we are devoted. We are devoted. So I'm challenging you today to look at your 168 hours. What does it reveal to you? Because I can tell you what matters most by looking at your calendar, what you've already predecided you're going to do. I can tell you what's important to you. What is how you currently spend your time revealed to you? What matters most to you? Is it the stuff that's going to last? Meaning a relationship with God and other people? Because when I talk about stuff that's going to last, I don't mean a pair of shoes that's going to last you a, a year. I'm talking about stuff that will last in eternity. And do you know what makes it into heaven? You, other people, and Jesus is already there. That's it. It's the only thing that matters. It's the only things that will really last. It's not your money. It's not your accomplishments. It's not how far in, in the corporate ladder you climbed. It's not about that. It's about you and Jesus. That's what it's about. It's the stuff that lasts. Devote, devote yourself to that. Remember, you'll never be a devoted follower of Jesus on accident. You've got to predecide. Seek first the one that matters most. Get yourself a time. Get yourself a place. Get yourself a plan. And I'm going to tell you, the moment that you start, you're going to find resistance. You're going to find resistance to this. Every time I try to start anything brand new, there's always resistance to it, especially when it's a step in a direction towards God. Because you have an enemy. And we talked about it the first week. We're ready, right? We're ready. We're not going to let anything shake us off of what we have predecided to do. We're devoted to Jesus. Let's pray. Father, today I, I know that uh, this is a hard word because it is easy to get caught up in the cares and the worries of this life. That uh, I think all of us vacillate in our relationships with you enough to understand this kind of message. To understand that we are called to be fully devoted and that we are going to drift from time to time. And that all of us need a message like this to pull us back in. Like tires on a car that wind up out of alignment, we can choose to have an alignment done, to realign ourselves. Lord, the, the beautiful thing I know that will happen with that is that as we align ourselves with you, align ourselves with your purpose, everything changes. And so first today, Lord, I pray for those of us that would identify that we've, we put ourselves right there in that spot. We are cultural Christians. We're not fully devoted to you. We're fully devoted to ourselves, but our hearts are moved today. We're ready to repent, ready to restructure our life. We're ready to live a life that prioritizes you, not gives you what's last and left over when there's nothing else going on. That God, you would get first placement in our life. And so today I pray for each and every single one of us that are in that spot, identifying that's where I'm at. Lord, I pray first that they would experience your grace. You're not angry with them. You're not angry with them. Your grace is greater. Your mercy is available. And their return always initiates a beautiful celebration in heaven when one of us repents and comes back. So I pray for those that are repenting today, Lord, and I pray, God, 
that they would experience your grace and your mercy and your comfort and your love as they choose to no longer be a Christian in name only, but pre-decide today that they are devoted. Now, as we continue in this moment of prayer, I realize there's another group of people here. We've, and you would say, I, Aaron, I have no relationship with God at all. I never have. But I want one. I want to understand what a full and fulfilled life looks like. I, I, I've, I've tried to carry the weight of my life my own. And I've fumbled to do that. I've done my best. And if you're here today and, and carrying the weight of your own life is exhausting to you and you feel the weight of, of the decisions you've made in the past and doing things your own way. If you're ready to surrender that burden and, and surrender it to Jesus, Jesus has that which is better for you. See, Jesus paid the price for all of our sins so that we could be forgiven. We could be made right with God by nothing that we could do ourselves. All we have to do is accept what Jesus did for us. Say, Jesus, I'm going to make you Lord of my life. It means you're going to be in charge. I'm going to do what you say. It's, a, it's, it's really as simple as that. God is not looking for you to clean yourself up before you accept Jesus. That's his job. That's what his spirit who dwells on the inside of you will do. He will clean you up. He will convict you of sin. He will call to your attention the things within you that are offensive to him. Don't you worry about doing a thing before you accept Jesus. Make him Lord of your life today. Say, I'm ready to take a step. And I may not do it right every day, but I'm going to accept God's grace and I'm going to be devoted. I'm going to be consistent. If you're ready to make that commitment today, join this family of believers here at Simple Church. I'm going to pray a prayer and I would love to include you in on that prayer. But I kind of feel like you need to do something for it. And I don't mean like, you know, to earn it. I just mean I would love to see you take a step. And, and that step is just slip your hand up. Say, Aaron, that's me today. I'm saying yes today. Do that now, would you? Yeah, thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate those hands. You can put them down now. For those of you that are praying that prayer today, I'm going to give you the words to pray. Just mean them from your heart. And Simple Church, the rest of us, we're all going to join them because nobody needs to pray alone, right? Everybody out loud, say, Jesus, I need you. Today I commit my life to you. Forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. Fill me with your spirit. And show me how to live for you. Every day. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Man, the Bible says there's a party in heaven. Simple Church, celebrate with those that said yes. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. We hope it has given you hope and helped you know God a little bit more. The goal of this podcast is to reach beyond our walls and connect with people far from God. If you'd like to join us in doing that, there are several ways for you to get involved. First, you can pray for us as a church. Prayer is our first response and our greatest resource. Pray for opportunities that we can boldly step into, make a difference in our community and around the world as we proclaim the good news of Jesus. Second, share this episode on your social media accounts and directly with your friends. It's easy to do through whatever platform you're currently using to listen to this message. Just click share and follow the prompts. Finally, you can support the mission through your generosity. 
The best part about this is that it's also an act of worship, where you express the priority of your love for God and others through your finances. Links to give are in the show notes or simply visit www.mysimple.church giving. We are so thankful you joined us today. I hope you'll consider joining the mission of our church in some way. Thank you again, and we'll see you at next week's episode.